0: Hello and welcome to Hanoi In Conversation, the podcast that explores the cultural and societal aspects of our Vietnam trip. You're joined by journalist Grace O'Day. And Shelby Gilbert. And today we want to play you an interview we did with me. They are a non-binary person who was born and raised in Hanoi and they spoke to us about their plans to come out early next year. Yeah, that's right, Grace. me is a
1: natural storyteller, so let's get straight into the interview. Just speak into it, just so I can see the levels. One, two, three, four. This is Hanoi, Vietnam.
2: <laughs> I feel like I'm a weatherman now. <laughs> so hi, my name is Me. Uh, I'm from Hanoi, Vietnam. I'm 27. Um, I'm a designer now, graphic designer. I would say I'm a non-binary. Yep. Yeah uh though I prefer in Vietnamese they call me Ang like he or him okay. but you know I, I think I should I identify myself like not many binary because at the end of the day it's I think it just doesn't matter what the gender are yeah. so uh yeah you would call me they <laughs> <laughs> that's weird <laughs> but I love it yeah yeah I I always knew that I was born queer uh but I didn't have the guts to say that. I just feel it, you know, like um, when my mom tell me some stories about my childhood, it's like, she said that I was always having eyes on pretty girls. <laughs> that's weird, yeah. Um, and then she burst, uh, burst out laughing, but I'm not sure that's, that, that's happiness or that's sadness. Um, probably something in between. Yeah, but it just I think it was shaped um from the very first days since I can stab a walk a talk. Um, but I wasn't very brave at that time um, to admit it.
1: Me talk to us about their gender identity and sexuality. This is something they struggled with for a while as they knew they were attracted to women and that being non-binary was something that fit them. Me talked about how they would try to be a girl and their family would encourage feminine behavior, but this didn't fit for them. They experimented when they went to college with men, but as they told us, this experience solidified for them that they were only attracted to women. Me now understands their sexuality and gender and is comfortable with who they are.
2: I dated boys, but it didn't last like just a few months. Even weeks, um, I, I I can bear the thought that I I don't want to hold their hands or you know do something more than that. You know I, I even tried some other form of you know sexual um, behaviors like you know I tried one night stand, bar clap, anything, but it just didn't turn me on. Um, so uh, I really accept it. Okay, this is it. I'm gonna go date girls. Um, then it worked out. Like, oh my god, this is it. It should've been this, right? I was very glad. Uh but still I I'm trying to find my way to come out. Um, and then to have a same sex marriage. It's it's a it's a burden to think of coming out here, you know, because we're in Vietnam, and we're infused of uh, gender bias, um, culture, and hierarchy, and also together with uh, Confucianism and Buddhism. So it's very hard to, to just be yourself here. You know, when you live in developed countries, especially European ones, it's, it's very acceptable because um, you're following individualism. And everyone is unique in their way, but here we're trying to, to to form a community, a tribe, as many as possible, you know, to to have the connection. So it's it's hard swimming against that current, I think. Uh, so I'm just finding my way. Uh, probably Tet, I think probably Lunar New Year trying to tell my mom and dad about the girlfriend.
0: We asked me what they thought about Vietnam potentially legalising same-sex marriage and if they thought that would be something that happened in their lifetime. They weren't so sure that it was something that the Vietnamese government would do just because it, the country is steeped in tradition. Uh, they spoke about Confucianism and Buddhism and that strong religious tie that the country does have. Yeah,
1: there's a lot of pressure over there and from their families and their culture to be straight and to be straight presenting and things like that. And so when we were over there in August in Hanoi, the Vietnam Health Ministry officially stated that same-sex attraction and being transgender are not mental health conditions and therefore this was outlawing conversion therapy in the country. And this decision basically brings the country's health policy in line with human rights standards. And I think this brought a lot of hope to me and some of the other queer people we talked to on this trip.
0: It's just astounding that we we didn't know that this was going to happen when we went over there, that this decision was going to be made by the government we had decided we were going to explore this topic prior to even getting on a plane at Sydney airport and heading over. And so for that to happen while we were over there, it was quite astonishing to be honest, because this would have been probably naive of me, but I didn't think that Vietnam, the Vietnamese government still had that position when we got on that plane. They said something about being gay being a disease like it was overturning the qualification of being able to diagnose trans and lgbtqi plus people as being diseased which is just astonishing from being you know from a western country that that is still happening and and i mean it's happening all over the world it's not just unique to vietnam but you know it's a bit confronting
1: yeah, and I didn't realise it as well. I was hyper-aware of the fact that LGBTQIA plus rights in Vietnam aren't like what we have here, but I didn't realise that being queer was previously considered a mental illness.
2: They tried to avoid it. Yeah, there are some organisations, um, NGOs, like, you know, UNDP USAID or US... Um, government try to, 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 to educate people and host um, meaningful events, but to Vietnamese government, it's just um, a roaring silence. <laughs> it's understandable now why they're doing so, because they're, they're deeply rooted in the culture and the way that um, Vietnamese people working. So it's, um, it's very hard for them to understand, let alone, Um, stand for it like stand up for it Mm. Uh, so I think they they, 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 they're putting a very neutral face but not necessarily uh, a supportive one I I just do hope like for about a decade from now it can be legalized we have a gap between the north and the south in terms of culture Uh, like in the north they're a bit um, conservative and very, you know, conventionally thinking um, because we, we, we are the capital of Vietnam and we, we sustain the values that passes from generation to generation. Yeah, so that's why we we, we are having the, that responsibility. Um, that's why we're more conservative. But in the South, they're more open and they have um, international organization came to work. Um, so they have, you know, better at least environment um, to really um, form a community um, of people who are open to this matter. Many that I know um, chose to live a normal life like they they do... Um, Marriage with probably they're, they're gay, but they do marriage with people from uh, different sex and gender. So I think they, they chose the easy way. So, you know, some activists and, and um, organizations are working towards it, but I don't think it's, it's gonna be legalized right now. It will be someday, but it's, it would take time. There were times I also think that, okay, I probably um, would marry a guy. Though the idea itself just scares the shit out of me. When I sit with myself, when I look into the mirror and think it's just doesn't right. Did, yeah. you,
1: gonna, did you consider that right. because it was the easy way out? Of or, course,
2: of yeah. course. It, will, it would reduce much less pressure for me. But I know that I, I, I if I gotta live with it for the rest of my life, then it's not my life, and of course I'm not happy with that you know i i I, I just I rather got kicked out um, for being myself than just you know living somebody else's life, so yeah, fingers crossed
0: this anecdote that me was talking about about their friends that were choosing to marry the opposite sex whilst identifying as gay was really, really confronting to us because just previously, a couple of days earlier, we were talking to another gay person who wants to remain anonymous uh, around this story as they haven't come out or aren't, thinking of coming out soon um about their decision to marry their best friend uh and she's okay with it and she's agreed to marry him so that he doesn't have to come out or have to deal with the discrimination or the potential ramifications of coming out in Vietnam which he talked about you know in rural Vietnam in particular people being beaten for their sexuality or their gender identity and he wasn't he he didn't want to take the risk of coming out and potentially being kicked out of home and potentially being disowned by his family so while me says that it's the coward's way to go down that route to marry the opposite sex to protect yourself for me I don't think it really is. I mean, obviously, you're denying who you are, but it's just a natural instinct to want to protect yourself if you know something like that could potentially happen. And I know that people will say, but take the risk. Maybe it won't end up the way you thought it would. But you have to admit, it'd be scary. Yeah, absolutely. I understand the
1: willingness to just marry the opposite gender because it just stops that fuss and you don't have to be concerned about being disowned from your family or being kicked out of your family home because when we talked to several of these queer people that was one of the main themes was that they were scared of being exiled from their family and from their family friends. And so I understand not wanting to come out to your family.
0: Yeah, and rather saying it's the coward's way, I would say me is extremely brave. Extremely brave. I mean, they talked about their plans to come out to their parents on the Lunar New Year, which is when all their family gets together, and that's in this upcoming January. All their extended family is together for Lunar New Year, and they talked about this being the perfect opportunity to come out and they knew well they know that there's a chance that it's not going to go well but they've come to terms with that and they've accepted that and it's i mean it's extreme courage yeah
1: absolutely i think it's incredibly brave and to be planning this thing for like months yeah four months five months out is incredible and although they seemed nervous about it and they were unsure of how it was going to go I thought it was brave and it made me emotional because I just thought it was amazing we talked to all these queer people. And like me, none of these people had come out. And that's fine. It just shows this cultural stigma. Yeah, stigma in yeah, in the country where it's just not normalized and it's quite scary for them.
2: I'm also prepared that I can, you know, be thrown out the house. Yeah, it just um, it's just the norm here, I, I guess. Yeah, some of my friends did it, and then they now live alone. So I I think it will be the same story for me. I just I just need that you're gonna take the time to accept me as who I am, uh, because um, obviously you don't know how I feel since I was a kid. Um, but you're my parents, so I just want you know, yeah, something like that, and I. I can, I can be very patient with them and give them the time they need. Um, it could be harsh at first, but then I think it would get better. With time like they won't accept it like one hundred percent, but they will at least they they know what is really going on. In Vietnam, no, I think it's in Asian culture. It's um, your identity also um, is shaped from what people talk about you although they don't really know you that much yeah so i think that's the main thing that my mom and my dad think about like when i come out it it's not a surprise but it just it's just more bitter um since they have relatives and they have images to to really, really retain um so, yeah, I think that's the main difficulty here.
0: Yeah, mm. everyone's so worried about reputation.
2: Mm, yeah. yeah, reputation.
0: So what's your favorite thing about your girlfriend?
2: Well, like a lot. She's very... She's an empath, mm. uh, firstly. Um, uh, she's very funny, very smart, sweet. Uh, an enthusiasm party-goer. <laughs> <laughs> So that's a lot of fun. She, because um, I'm, I'm a work, I'm sort of a workaholic, and and I'm a, um, not really a victim. I chose to be a victim of, um, toxic, productivity. So it's like I work all the time. Also, that comes from, that also comes from the fact that I'm responsible for my mom financially. So I, I always work very hard. But then. Um, she, she tried to slow me down and um, try to, to help me enjoy life and, um, you know, always try to comfort me and really care about me, and my mental health and stuff. So I think that's super sweet. And she draws very well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and she's, you know, like, she, has she had to tell her family? Yeah, not yet. Yeah, not yet.
2: <laughs> We're hoping that we can um make it on Lunar New Year. Though I'm um I'm 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 meeting her um aunts and uncles, but not really her dad and mom. Um, so yeah, it's like step by step, baby steps. Like of course I think there'll be fear everywhere. Um, even you know in Australia for being myself, because um, uh, I'm not a native there, probably. So here it um, it also have a fear that I'm a native here, so I should act like the way people act here. Um, so uh, yeah, I think we do have fear, and it it is existing every day. Um, and everywhere, but we just keep pushing on.
1: I hope it goes well when you tell your parents, but I I feel like it will.
2: Yeah, I will, I will, in about two, three months from now. Mm -hmm. Lunar New Year, that's when I can um, can see my dad. You know, we we always have this sort of dress for the events here, like, dress like we're a happy family, like, take pictures and stuff and normally previously I wore dresses um, every year but I just didn't feel like it. I feel like okay I'm wearing someone else's stuff and I'm I'm, I'm, I'm putting on another face uh, with a lot of makeup and this and that. It does make me look good but it doesn't make me feel good. It just a mask. I've lived with it for like Many years, yeah, I, still, I just don't, I just don't think I can do it anymore. If they love me, then they will just love me for who I am, not just how I look or what my genders are. So I think, yeah, this is necessary to 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 take the leap of being real.
1: From having this conversation with me and other queer people in Vietnam, I think there is hope as an outsider saying this, that the queer community in Vietnam will have a lot more
0: rights in the future. And acceptance, especially, I mean, we hung around a lot more of the younger generation when we were over there and just the drastic change From the older generation that we spoke to, and the younger generation in just their opinions and their thoughts about the queer community, it's it's going to get better, and it's going to be in a greater space because they're more welcoming and more accepting.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And every single queer person we talked to hadn't come out to their family, but their close friends knew because the younger generation there is more accepting towards these things and so that's why i think it's a hopeful space and that things are really going to change for them over there and change for the better
0: This podcast was recorded on Dharawal land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land.